Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. I am your host, Wyatt, co-hosting alongside Lucas, Bart, Jared, and Aiden. Um, if you didn't already, go ahead and listen to our episode previous in the week. We have no news we missed, so we're just going to jump right into our very first subject, a marriage-themed subject in honor of our very own married man, Aiden. Big round of applause <laughs> for Aiden. You. Uh, For those who can't see, I'm crying. Right yeah, now. Uh, yeah, tears okay. streaming down the, his face. We're gonna yeah. give him a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're just gonna go through some married theme uh, segments for the hires that the NBA has made most recently at the coaching position. Nick Nurse. Actually, I should look this up. Lucas, stall for me. I can just, uh, I can just say them. Oh, yeah. rip them. Bart's got it. Nick Nurse, Monty Williams, Ime Udoka, Adrian Griffin. Frank Vogel, and I think I'm saying this right, Darko Ryakovich are the new coaches this offseason. Funny enough, Adrian Griffin was the one I had to go look up. I was like, I don't know who was where. Anyway, um, so we're going to go through, through some, and I'll explain what they all mean. But we're going to start with love at first sight, which team will have the most success early on. Lucas? I'm going to go with Frank Vogel and the Phoenix Suns. So for me, it's a three-way toss-up for this one between Nick Nurse on the Sixers, Adrian Griffin on the Bucks. And then Frank Vogel, obviously, for the Phoenix Suns. I think Vogel just sort of comes out of here as part of a process of elimination for who I think um, will have the most success early on. And Griffin, <laughs> Nurse, and Vogel all have exceedingly talented rosters. That being said, I think Vogel has the advantage over Nurse because I just don't trust the Sixers. I just, frankly, don't think that there's any way that they do anything to resemble a competent team. Um, at this point, I think that the roster is just poorly constructed in some ways in that they're kind of relying on Harden, but Harden's old and not a good fit and doesn't play well in the playoffs. The rest of the team is kind of slow, which doesn't fit as much with Nurse's style, at least as it was in Toronto. And while I think long-term Nurse could be a good hire for the Sixers once he gets his guys in there, I don't think immediately it's going to be as much of a good transition for the Sixers and Nurse, though. Again, two, three years down the line, I could see being a really good hire, especially when he has time to build his own roster around a beat. Griffin, I just think he doesn't have the experience as a coach um, enough to sort of have it really going well early on with the Bucks. but I think that roster is good enough that they'll probably be fine. But I think Vogel is the perfect combination of he has that winning pedigree, he won the championship with the Lakers, in, excuse me, in the bubble, plus he has a really good roster, he's Booker, and he has Kevin Durant, Yes, the rest of the roster is kind of in flux. They're not super deep. But when you have those two guys and a coach who's won a championship, I think that that is, um, you know, enough to rely on. And while I do think it is kind of a toss-up between Nurse and Vogel, I think that just my experience with the Sixers is swaying me in one direction towards Vogel. So I'll go with him as the love at first sight higher. Well, as somebody who is unbiased and doesn't have the same traumatic experiences with the 76ers, <laughs> I agree with you that I don't trust them. <laughs> and my pick is <laughs> I Yeah, you basically took all of my main points. I mean, I talked about this a little bit. We, we talked about what the, what the Suns need to do or can do this offseason. And my thoughts on them were basically all they really can do but also should do is try to run it back uh, with a coach who jives with the players. They are so talented. We saw what they did with Durant. They were the only team that took two games off of the Nuggets. So the roster is clearly there. 
like you mentioned, Lucas Vogel has a pedigree. He seems very likable. That's one thing that apparently they they said stuck out to them when they were interviewing people. The biggest thing is, can he get DeAndre Ayton to buy in? And I think he can because he seems like a pretty pleasant and easy guy to work with. If he can get a little more out of him with the rest of the guys on that roster, I agree. The Suns should be very good right from the get-go. I'm kind of surprised. <clears throat> no, I'm not surprised. I kind of thought he would be the answer. My answer is actually Ime Doka. <clears throat> I think that they have like full flexibility to really shape the roster however they want. He seems to be a really good coach for, given the way the Celtics have talked about him. Uh, so I think that he's going to be a surprising person. Longest honeymoon, Aiden, and you can't pick yourself. <laughs> no, it's, it's Monty Williams. Um, I feel like the expectations coming in for the Pistons are not going to be high next year. So on the one on the one hand, he is a team that's young, developing. So he bought himself time with that. They have some pieces, right? Like Cade showed promise. He was injured for most of last year. Jaden Ivey looked solid. Sadiq Bey is promising. James Wiseman is still 21, which is wild to me. I just feel like all these guys who enter at 18, I just think of them as super old at this point. Um, so he has, he has some talent, but it's understood that there's going to be time or that they're not expected to contend this year. Um, and also, just from a logistical money standpoint, he's on a six-year deal, the largest deal in the NBA history as a coach out the gate. So they're probably not going to give up on that immediately either. So whether it's like he could have a honeymoon phase where they're still a bad NBA team, you know, but but I think that's he's the most likely to not face real criticism for at least the first year or so. Jared, yeah, I, I said the same thing uh, for the same reasons, like least pressure to succeed right away. It's Detroit, like not a contending roster. It could have been Ime Udoka, but I think he mm-hmm. has a short lease just be, as far as optics go with like his suspension and stuff mm-hmm. where you can't really like mess up in that regard, even with something that might be minor for another coach. Could be big for him. So I think it's definitely Monty Williams. Owens. And like you said, just with a really big contract too, um, they're clearly showing a lot of faith in them as a long-term project. So. Now, I wanted to keep it positive, but I couldn't not put this in there for the shortest honeymoon or the shortest leash. Bart? I'm going to go with Adrian Griffin on the Bucks. Um, I, I think this is kind of related to what we were just talking about in the sense that the, the expectations are clearly there because the Bucks are, are clearly good. Right? I mean, he's a first-time coach, and the Bucks championship window is already closing. That's where I'm coming from. Like, Giannis is 28 right now. That's not old. But like in a couple of years from now, he's no longer going to be in his prime. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton uh, uh, is potentially going to be gone after one more year. Brooke Lopez, I didn't even realize, is a free agent right now. So he might not even be there next year. So suddenly, like the core of this Bucks team could be gone. And he's the one who might take the fall for that, right? Like I know they loved him in the interview process. He was like apparently blowing everybody away, yada, yada, yada. <coughs> but he's a first-time head coach. He doesn't have the, the pedigree or the clout to say, I know we're struggling right now. Like, but just trust me for seasons on end. And even if he did, well, look at what they just did to Bud. So the Bucks management clearly might might just not care. And I don't know if they have the patience to let a first time head coach uh, struggle through like a lot of, you know, issues. He might be gone within like two years. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. So he's my choice. Yeah, Yeah, I had another kind of win now coach, one who was mentioned in in the love at first sight segment. I have Frank Vogel. 
love at first sight can can turn sour quickly when you have i don't know a team that the clock is really ticking for you know the suns have a a fairly limited window they were already kind of old and then they added kevin durant um who is old and injury prone they obviously have so much potential so it's very possible this works out fine and they have a championship run or something next year um they were the only team that took two games off the Nuggets, so they're they're legit. Um, <laughs> I guess that's a, yeah, that's my measure for legit here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think there's going to be a little patience involved with the Suns just because of how small their window is, even though Vogel is experienced and seems like a good fit here. So if they struggle, whether or not it's Katie's or sorry Vogel's fault, I think it could be over fast just because they need to kind of just figure something out quickly. Um, and I feel like it's not the easiest team chemistry wise to work with, with mm-hmm. Aiden and KD and whatnot. And lastly, which is the match made in heaven? The player coach duo that will work out the best. Jared. I actually, I'm going to say Adrian Griffin and the Bucks. Um, this is kind of like an off the wall thing, but I do think the Bucks do have the most talented roster probably of the people that, um, uh, got hired certainly the talented like most talented individual player you could debate kd but i think Giannis is a little bit better right now just in terms of age and stage of career uh, the thing that a lot of people like about adrian griffin is or where they see the potential is that he's coached under really good defensive coaches um, most recently nick nurse was is credited as being a really good defensive coach and what they did to Giannis, for example in the 2019 mm-hmm series or that year the 2019 playoff run and they're also hoping that he's better at in-game adjustments which apparently a lot of bucks fan bases thought that but boon holder was terrible at. i'm sure Wyatt probably thought that too at some point it did um <laughs> and where nick nurse again was like kind of credited as like being very good at that so i think um it is definitely fair bart that like chris middleton could be gone next year brooke lopez too could be gone this year um so he could take the fall for it, but I also think if they can get really improve, for example, on like the defensive side of the ball or something like that, then who knows? This one could this could go in the stratosphere. Who knows? They definitely do. There's a lot of potential to work with, you know. Yeah, I I don't just like I yeah I don't think that shortest leash necessarily means that I think he's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. He he's very well set up for success, and I do also like him as a candidate. I'm just saying, suppose it goes south. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no. You're right. All right. I'm going to go with a little more obscure one. And I also think some positive things need to be said about Nick Nurse and the Sixers, too, because I don't think it was <laughs> a completely out of the box terrible hire. I think there are players on the Sixers roster that Nurse can work really well with. I'm going to go specifically guys like PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton. Um, the. As has been mentioned before, Nick Nurse is known as a really great defensive coach. He likes long guys, can switch because he's really good complex defenses. And I think the Sixers have two guys that are really well built for that. P.J. Tucker, though, he's getting older and less so, but more so D'Anthony Melton, who they brought in last year from the Grizzlies. Great defender. He can shoot. I think of anybody on the Sixers, he's going to thrive most in Nurse's system. He'll get more minutes because he can defend really well. And in the way his offenses are designed, he can really shoot the three. So I'm going to go with D'Anthony Melton. I think is going to be somebody who's going to take a pretty big leap under his new head coach, Nick Nurse, for the Sixers. And I think that leap will be especially well-pronounced if James Harden leaves and he gets a lot of minutes. 
for our final subject of the show, we're going to switch into the NFL. Uh, we're going to start. We're, we're still working on our state of series when it comes to NFL teams. And this week is the commanders. So Bart, what do the commanders need to do this off season or going forward? I think what they mostly need is some, some good quarterback look a step up in, in the quarterback position. Cause generally I think they, their off season has been solid. That's what I would say. Their, their defense was really good last year. Their offense was really bad. Um, so clearly they needed, they needed to focus on offense this year. I do want to point out though, that they went five, three and one with their best quarterback, a half decent quarterback in Taylor Heineke. So I think that tells you what their potential is. If their quarterback isn't Carson Wentz or some other scrub, um, like free agency for them was pretty low key. They signed a couple of offensive linemen. They lost their Mike linebacker and they re-signed one of the best defensive tackles in the league, Darren Payne. So that's fine. Their draft also was solid, nothing spectacular. They got Emmanuel Forbes, I think, at cornerback. And then another cornerback. Cornerback was one of their big needs. They got a couple O-linemen, also one of their needs. The last one of their needs I saw that was not addressed at all was quarterback. And so that brings me to the age-old question of how is their quarterback situation for these state ofs? They've got Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett as their two main guys right now. So that will be interesting, but I think it's okay. Right now, apparently, Sam Howell is the guy. Uh, the problem is we don't really know much about him. He played in literally one game last year, but he was fine. But I know that he's got some positive attributes. He's, you know, he's, he's got a strong arm. He's athletic. And he can be used even in run plays, potentially. I don't know. He's more athletic probably than once or Heineke. <coughs> and, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that they got Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator this offseason. So that could be huge for their offense as well. Just in general, I feel like even if Howell is bad, or even if Brissett is bad, I don't see their quarterback situation possibly being worse than it was last year. And nothing else on this team has gotten worse. If anything, their defense has improved. Their offensive line has improved. So to me, I, I am cautiously optimistic, actually, about the commanders this year. I don't know if I would say that they will make the playoffs, but I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that they would reach eight wins again or even nine. I was surprised to see that Vegas has them at six and a half. Um, I, th I think that's low. I think the quarterback has a bunch of weapons. The offensive line should be improved. Their defense should once again be near at the, the top of the league. I mean, obviously Sam Howell might be a train wreck. I don't know. But Jacoby Brissett was actually solid for the Browns last year. So I think they have enough options here that they, they will not be a terrible team. They might be middle of the road again, but they won't be terrible. That's what I think about them. Yeah, I mean, they play in the best division of football, I think. Arguably, which I think... Mm, I Maybe the AFC East is better. But I think the thing that hurts them is that the Eagles are going to be great again. The Cowboys are going to be great again. The Giants will probably be very good again. again. So even if... <laughs> right, Maybe. but that was true Passable. last year too. Yes. But I think that that's why I'm sort of with you, Bart, that they're kind of capped out at like eight wins just because their schedule will be so difficult because of in the division. Like I think if put them in the NFC South, put them in any other division really except for the AFC East. And I think they are a very competitive playoff team, but I think that they're just capped out by the fact that they're probably not going to win both against the Eagles. They're probably not going to win both against the Cowboys. I would say it's about a toss up whether they win both against the Giants. And I would favor the Giants in at least one of those two matchups too. So, I mean, right off the bat, there's three losses and I think it becomes exceedingly likely that they lose to the Eagles twice or the Cowboys twice or somebody else. So 
I don't know. I think it's just a tough road for them, given the division that they play in. I'm pretty sure I picked the Commanders to be the team most likely to go from worst in the division to to first. Really? I don't. I actually, I, don't think I actually am kind of. Be honest. It, yeah, because I feel like I kind of li- I like Sam Howell. At you least like I I like watched a decent <laughs> amount of him in college, and he was always pretty impressive. He did get like. His his like um stats were like kind of mixed in terms of if he got better or worse throughout the year. But I think his team around him definitely got worse at North Carolina too and kind of deteriorated a little bit. Um But I kinda like Sam Howell. Like I'm 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 optimistic for him, I should say. I don't think he's like one of these but I also optimistic about Kyle Trask, and he's apparently not winning the job in Tampa Bay. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see what that ha- we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm I'm with Bart that I think the pieces are there. I think that that if if you look offensively with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and, and mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, there's no reason why they couldn't be a dominant passing offense. I also like Sam Howell. I thought that he would uh, have been a better prospect coming out of the draft that year rather than that he was ended up being a fifth round pick. I thought that he maybe could have been evaluated a higher than that. And I I think that when you look at guys like Chase Young who was like the number two overall pick, was a, a really highly regarded defensive end prospect. And Emmanuel Forbes seems to be doing well in camp against the receivers I mentioned as well. There, there, there really isn't any reason as to why they couldn't do it. with uh, with Because it's not a talent excuse. It's just about the pieces. The only thing I would say is I feel like I just get the vibe. Ron Rivera is not going to survive the year. And I think that there's going to be a point where this team might have to rally underneath the interim head coach. And it it depends on how good Eric Bieniemy really is, in my opinion. I think that that's really what we're looking at. And also also with new, with new ownership coming in, too, I feel like it's kind of hard yeah. to believe that Ron Rivera would make it through. Mm-hmm. Unless they go, like, 11 wins and make the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like Ron Rivera generally has a good reputation around stuff, right? I know he's been there for yeah. a bit and hasn't proven anything. But like if he if he made the playoffs, for example, or even if he was like eight and nine, nine and eight, like I feel like he might survive. In I don't think nine and eight like, will do it. I think playoffs think would. Or... Yeah, because what yeah, Bart, Bart? What did you say their record was last year? Was it seven? Eight, wins? eight, eight, eight and one. Yeah, so I don't think like a nine win season would do it, but I don't know. I just feel like the team doesn't have like they don't have much of a ceiling. They don't. They have a pretty high floor though, and so I don't know what ownership is expecting in that scenario. Unless Sam Howell just goes off, um, but they've set themselves up to have a high floor in the case that he doesn't go off. Jacoby Brissett, over and over again, is solid. He's solid. He's probably better than Taylor Heineke, and so I feel like they'll mm. be they'll be in that range again. And yeah, maybe Eric Bieniemy would would figure stuff out, but I just feel like they're just gonna be middle of the road. Sam Howell's my next like Gardner Minshew, Kyle Trask. I gotta hit on one of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Sam Howell now. Eventually, that's that's my guy. It looks like there was a moment where you hit on Gardner. You know, I feel like there was a moment. Yeah, that happened. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your predictions are going to be like Charles Barkley on the inside the NBA whenever he says <laughs> guarantee they win and then they will always lose. You need, to stop, you need to stop talking about quarterbacks. 
Sam Howell's like, please <laughs> do not don't post this. Episode. Say my name. Yeah. I was I was a fan of Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I didn't like call as big a shot, but I I did like Jalen Hurts from the beginning. I really like Tom Brady coming out of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Hugh Jackson being like, yeah, I would have drafted Josh Allen. I would have drafted Patrick Mahomes. He was on my radar. I just didn't fall to us. anyway thank you as per usual for listening uh please like and subscribe on all our socials if you like what you heard uh at lunchpailguys underscore um on tiktok instagram twitter um and yeah be back next week we'll have plenty more uh i don't know what we're going to talk about next week with the nba being done but we will find something we promise you that something good so uh so please come back <laughs> I'm begging you. Yeah, I know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have that one really written. It <laughs> ended on kind of a, a porno. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're gonna win that. I know. Yeah. <laughs>